Hi, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I'm here with Vanessa. Hey. And we wanted to just say hi to all our new listeners and welcome. We really pray that you would be encouraged by the truth of the gospel here and find hope for your souls. We recently had Vanessa's blog posted on Risen Motherhood um, about finding joy in motherhood. And we hope that all of you were so blessed by that. We also have an entire podcast episode about that called Enjoying Motherhood. So make sure you guys check that out. Yes, I definitely think that finding joy in our motherhood is something that we all can relate to as mothers and something that we just pray that we would strive for each day. So today we are excited to jump into a topic that we really don't talk too often here about, our spouses. And we felt like we needed to dedicate an entire podcast to this topic because our relationship with our husband is vital in our mothering. We have to go back to the beginning. In Genesis 1, we see that God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. And so he made a helper suitable for him, woman. Together, they were commanded to be fruitful and multiply and to be faithful to their individual roles in that. But it was a task that they were given together, not as one. Therefore, we can draw the conclusion that raising children was never meant to be done alone. Now, we have to say, of course, that there are unique circumstances where kids are raised by one parent. Maybe they're widowed or a divorce, whatever it might be. But as the norm or the typical pattern in scripture, it is by both parents each with a unique role in it. In Ephesians 5, we see clearly what our role is as a wife, and that's to be submissive to our husbands as the church is to Christ. And here in Ephesians 5, we really see the goal of marriage, and that is to model the gospel, point others to Christ, especially our kids. And this is what the picture should be. John Piper, in his book, Momentary Marriage, which By the way, you can download the entire book for free as a PDF online if you just type it in to Google. It says, most foundationally, marriage is the doing of God. And ultimately, marriage is the display of God. How beautiful is that? And what a high calling it really is. So what does marriage and our relationship with our husbands have to do with our children and being a mother? A lot. Yes. And unfortunately, in today's society and culture, kids come first. Kid-centered marriages are rampant and the norm, even in Christian circles. Moms give their kids the best and often leave what's left for their husband. And that's not how it should be. It goes against what scripture teaches and it doesn't help our children. Rather, it can harm them. And first and foremost, our relationship with Christ comes first. We have to make sure that we're deepening that first before any other relationships in our lives. And then it is our spouse. We need to strive to be serving them, loving them, encouraging them, rooting for them and being present with them in our day-to-day lives. And then come our kids. So practically, what is this going to look like in our marriages? Well, we together need to be striving to put Christ as the center. We need to be praying with one another reading scripture with one another, and being each other's encourager and accountability in a lot of ways. Our spouse needs to be the one we run run to after Christ for wisdom, advice, and counsel. Not the mom we love so much, which is what I do oftentimes. 
I'll call my mom when a problem comes up instead of going to the Lord and then going to my husband. But our spouse should be the first to know about our sin struggles and our worries and fears. And together we can come to Christ with those. We need to realize we are on the same team. We are working together in this thing called life. And God gave us our our spouse to run the race with. They are tailor-made for you. How awesome is that? It's beautiful. And how great does that look to our children when they see mommy and daddy pursuing Christ together? When they know that mommy and daddy are on the same team and each other's biggest support and encourager. And even in that, it will allow us to parent consistently. They will know that mom and dad are on the same page and not going to have different rules or plans. They are one. There's so much trust and safety in that too for our kids when they know that mom and dad are one. And one way my husband and I, excuse me, and I have been become closer in Christ in our parenting is by reading Christ-centered parenting books. And this is an area we have struggled in. So we prayed, we pray and read together to become closer and more one in our parenting. And the Lord is so good to draw us near to him in this important topic, which brought us closer to one mind as well. Yes, my husband and I do the same. We're going through a book together right now. And I think it, it really helps to get you guys on the same page. And next, we need to be intentional with our time with our spouse. I know for me and probably for many of you moms, it's so easy at the end of the day, we're exhausted. We feel like we've given everything we've given and now it's our time to check out and relax and to give our spouse our leftovers if we even have anything left. (laughs) Uh, We don't want to take care of the kids, the house, nothing. We don't want to do anything. We just want to sit on the couch, watch a movie and maybe not even talk. Or if we do want to talk, it's maybe not about anything that is valuable. We really have to fight that temptation of our flesh. I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily to want to relax or to watch a movie with your spouse. I think that's great. Like if you have something that you guys, you know, a show you enjoy watching together or whatnot, but there can be so much temptation to disengage and to not really invest in that relationship, this side of heaven, that is so important. And we really need to set aside our selfishness and seek to serve the one that the Lord gave us to as our most precious gift, the sight of heaven, our husbands. How can we love them tangibly? How can we help him after a long day at work to be encouraged and refreshed and to feel appreciated and loved? We need to be students of our husband. We need to know what they like, what makes them tick, and to really just be intentional about intentional about serving them. Sacrificial love is really what we're called to show our spouse. And I know Um, Many of you probably are familiar with the love languages, and that's, I think, one practical way that you can really be intentional about the time with your spouse and how you choose to love them. Maybe, you know, it's quality time, physical touch, whatever it is, but to really show them in a tangible way and meet their, their need and their love language in the way that suits them. A lot of times I think we like to love in the way that we like, and sometimes that's not the way that they feel best loved. And then just to be an initiator, it's okay as the wife, we're our husband's helper. So it's okay to initiate prayer time or it's okay to initiate, you know, intentional conversation or even to initiate a date night in or to set up a babysitter and make reservations at a restaurant and to 
you know, to be the initiator of a date night. It's okay for you to do that. And it's good for you to do that. I know in our relationship, my husband and I, I'm the scheduler. I do all of our plans and our calendar. And so it only makes sense a lot of times for me to be the one to set up babysitting and a date night for us because I'm usually the one running our calendar anyways. Um, And to really, you know, even be an initiator of purposeful conversation, whether that's about, you know, what's going on at his job that he might want to talk about. A lot of times guys aren't as open um, and need to have questions asked. And, you know, they do want to share what's going on, but they don't always spill the beans like we do. Or maybe you might be intentional, intentional, you know, about maybe your husband loves basketball or baseball or whatever it might be. And that might not be your favorite thing to watch, but, you know, you know, he loves it and he enjoys watching it. So watch it with them and learn the game and, you know, learn why, why, how to play it and why, Mm -hmm. why he enjoys it and enjoy it with them. And when we're intentional with our spouses in our day to day, you know, around our kids, it's going to make a huge difference in our relationship. And it's going to set an example for our kids as well to follow in loving and serving their dads as well. Oh, I love that. And Another way we can really love our husbands is by believing the best about him. It's so easy to assume intentions to allow our emotions or hormones to get the best of us. We can think, why isn't my husband initiating the prayer time? Or why isn't he taking me out on a date? Or whatever it might be when we really should be seeking to help him. How can we help him in these areas? Maybe we can suggest, hey, let's pray together tonight. Or, hey, What if we go through this devotional book together, or maybe we can plan a fun date night, get a babysitter or a date night in or whatever it may be. There are so many practical ways we can help our husbands in these areas and believe the best about them and not assume they don't want to lead us or whatever it might be. And along those same lines, we want to be intentional about forgiving and forbearing. Don't sweat the small stuff. Let it go. Is the water running in the sink or the dirty socks on the floor really worth fighting over? And I know sometimes it feels like it is. Mm. (laughs) Anyways, what about being quick to forgive? Colossians 3.13 says, be quick to forgive an offense. Don't be that wife who holds a grudge, who lets the sun go down on her anger. Let it go. Forgive. I always try to remember, if Christ has forgiven me so much, how can I not extend that same forgiveness to my spouse, the one I love? And it's so easy not to forgive. And I feel like sometimes we tend to almost enjoy little irritations and tensions we have with our husbands, especially when we ourselves don't have our eyes fixed on Christ. Uh, my husband may give the kids a snack too close to dinner time, which in my mind means great. You know, they're not going to eat or I'll be fighting them. We'll be fighting them at dinner to eat. And you know, I, now I'm irritated. And when my husband, all he was trying to do was help me by calming the, you know, the whining toddler that doesn't want to wait another 30 minutes for dinner. Well, it's really not something to get frustrated or angry about. Right. But every little thing sometimes feels so big, even after a, you know, a hard day and the husband gets home and he's trying to help, but he doesn't realize, you know, whatever our schedules are funny, but forgiving our spouses for offenses is so important, especially you guys, the Christ died for our offenses. So let's forgive our spouses for theirs too. Yes, that's so convicting. And lastly, we really need to be intentional. Intention, I keep saying intentional. <laughs> intentional 
about serving our spouses and more specifically with our kids. I think each day when daddy gets home from work, how can I serve him practically today? I think one good thing somebody, an older mother once told me was to ask him what's most important to him when he gets home from work. Is it a clean house? Is it a hot meal waiting for him? Is it a smiling, happy wife who greets him with a kiss and a hug when he walks through the door instead of a frown and, yes, like you're home, now I'm off duty. (laughs) (laughs) All of these practical things that we've talked about in this episode about our relationship with our spouse play a huge role in our mothering and serving our spouse with our kids. The way that we love our spouses And serve them in front of our kids and vice versa is a speaking and living example of the gospel to them day in and day out. Piper said that marriage is patterned after Christ's covenant relationship to his redeemed people, the church. And therefore, the highest meaning and the most ultimate purpose of marriage is to put the covenant relationship of Christ and his church on display. This is why marriage exists. If you're married, that's why you're married. If you hope to be, that should be your dream. Your marriage isn't going to be perfect but your kids are watching. Do mom and dad love Christ first and love each other second? Does mom serve dad? Is she quick to forgive him? Does she submit to his leadership and trust the Lord with that? Is she soft-spoken? Does she speak highly of him or tear him down? Does she allow him to lead the family? All of these things are speaking to your kids, mamas. So pursue Christ with your whole heart first and foremost. And then love your husbands with your whole hearts and let the gospel be on full display in that to your family. Allow older women to really pour into you their wisdom on being a wife and follow their example. Maybe you yourself had a great mom who taught you what that looked like. I did. And I'm very thankful for that because I strive to be like my mom and the picture that my mom gave me of what a godly mother and wife looks like. And if you don't have that mother, you can find one in the church, some older wife who you can model your marriage after and who could pour that wisdom into you. Let them pour that wisdom into your marriage and follow their example as they have followed Christ. Yes. And strive to be the wife God has called you to be for his glory and for the hearts of your children. That might that they might see Christ and the gospel as great and glorious because of your marriage. What a beautiful gift that is. Piper went on to say, marriage is not mainly about prospering economically. It's mainly about displaying the covenant keeping love between Christ and his church. Knowing Christ is more important than making a living. Treasuring Christ is more important than bearing children. Being united to Christ by faith is a greater source of marital success than perfect sex and double income prosperity. If we make secondary things primary, they cease to be secondary and become idolatrous. They have their place, but they are not first and they are not guaranteed. Life is precarious, and even if it is long by human standards, it is short. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes which it says in James 4.14. And then in Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. So it is with marriage. It is a momentary gift. It may last a lifetime or it may be snatched away on the honeymoon. Either way, it is short. It may have many bright days or it may be covered with clouds. If we make secondary things primary, we will be embittered at the sorrows we must face. 
But we, if we set our face to make of marriage mainly what God designed it to be, no sorrows and no calamities can stand in our way. Every one of them will be not an obstacle to success, but a way to succeed. The beauty of the covenant-keeping love between Christ and his church shines brightest when nothing but Christ can sustain it. I love that quote. And just to reiterate that all the quotes that we took were from um, this momentary marriage. And Mm -hmm. we both highly recommend reading Mm -hmm. that book. If you haven't, it's a good one to go through with your husband. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much for listening today, mamas. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you as we all seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.